0: Just to remind everyone, we are recording Friday nights, because we have Jackie in um, Georgia and Melissa, um, that comes on Sundays, that's not able to make it on Friday nights, that are actually going through this study with us, and so they listen online once it's posted on our webpage, so just to make you aware of that. But we've been talking about freedom in Christ, we're on session number four now. In the first session, we looked at the gospel, this message of hope in Jesus, of salvation. What it is, what it means to be born again. We then moved into session two, which talked about the new identity, who you are now in Christ. And that's where I've been reminding you all since we've begun: is your identity as a Christian is now to live out of the resurrected life, not out of brokenness. And so we really focus when we talk on session two about this new identity. And I've been challenging all of us to make sure that you're going through the I am's. We recognize, and we've been talking a lot lately, that we just can't be hearers of the words, we have to be doers. And we're going to look tonight at the scripture and... um, Romans, where it talks about the renewing of the mind. How does God transform us by like changing the way that we think? We've got to start not holding on to the past, but really begin to live in the present here and now and for what's and look forward to what's ahead and who we are now in Christ. The hope that we have in Christ. To not be enslaved to sin any longer, not to be slave to the world. But this new life, this new identity, which then leads, as we discussed last week, the walk of faith. And we looked at what faith was and how are we to walk in faith. So I want to go to um, page 22 because you had some homework. Actually, let's go to page 20. And I encourage you all um, to pick at least three um, from this list here to meditate on, to kind of study through, um, and I've been encouraging you all to get your Bible out and to really start looking at each of these scriptures. There's 20 of them, but at least hopefully you did, you did three. And um, so I would like for you all to share the three that you picked. So, Carrie, why don't we start with you?
1: Okay. Well, I have four. So I'll be sharing the four that I picked. Um, well, I had three and then I had a runner-up, so. Um, the first one that I picked, and these are the the cans of success. And so these are the three that stuck out to me kind of just from where I've been at. Um, the first, my first one was number seven. Why should I accept defeat when the Bible says that God always leads me into victory? And so that scripture, I have all my scriptures here. That scripture is Second 2 Corinthians 2.14, and I don't want to share it with, it with you without sharing the scripture. It says, um, but thank God, he has made us his captives. And this is why I chose it, because I was reading all the scriptures, and I love this. It says, he has made us his captives. And continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. So I was really holding on to that scripture. Like, if you really take that scripture and put it in your mind's eye, he has made us captive and he leads us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Like, that scripture just excited me. Um, And he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere. This one and then number nine was my runner-up. Um, it says, "Why should I be depressed when I can recall to mind God's loving kindness, compassion, faithfulness, and have hope?" And that was Lamentations. And I said, "Well, isn't that interesting? That this is going to be one about lamentation mean, about depression, and they're going to give a scripture from Lamentations, and Lamentations is basically like a word for depression." So. Um, the scripture, in it, and I said, well, this is really, this is why I picked this one, too, because I thought it would just be funny to read what Lamentation said about depression. Um, but it says, uh, Yet I, and, I, and I love this, and you know, how ha, in the scripture on Sunday, when Paul said that he wrote large, and, and he's like, I'm writing big. I wrote big. here too, I felt like Paul. I wrote in all caps. So I wanted to tell myself, I'm writing big, Carrie, so that you'll really get this. Um, but I did, I wrote in all caps, I wrote the word DARE. Uh, but this Lamentations 3, 21 through 20. Yet I still dare, in all caps, I dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Mm. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Well, I said, all right, Lamentations. going where, where to go to have a verse to, to fight depression with. Mm. And then it says, number 11, why should I ever be in bondage knowing that there is freedom. Freedom, where the Spirit of the Lord is. Yes. And kind of a shocker what the verse is. There's two verses. Second Corinthians 3.17, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, obviously. And then Galatians 5.1. So Christ has truly set us free. And so this was actually from, you know, Sunday service. So now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. And then number four is number 19. Why should I feel like a failure when I am more than a conqueror um, through Christ who loved me? Because feeling like a failure is also another trigger for me. Obviously, now depression and defeat and bondage. Now you know all my issues. There you go. One through four. All right. Romans eight thirty-seven. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ who loved us. So, I thought, well, isn't all of these things interesting? So, here I find myself this morning. I'm not a person that deals with anxiety on a regular basis. Obviously, I did not pick an anxiety one. That's not, that's not something that I have issues with normally. So this morning I wake up, and I just don't feel right. Something's not right. I can't put my finger on it. I'm, I'm overly tired. I'm, I'm very lethargic, and I can't figure out what's going on. I feel like... the the walls are like caving in on me I was I'm in chronic pain and I've been in chronic pain and Robin knows about chronic pain but I just I I had a doctor's appointment this morning and I all of a sudden I felt like I couldn't breathe like like just I didn't know what to do and so I was trying to get ready to go to the doctor um I don't like to feel rushed I don't like to be hurried that's why i'm always early and so um i all of a sudden i felt like time was speeding up you know my mind was losing control and um i i just i couldn't maintain and then i started to feel extremely anxious about my surgery on monday and so i i couldn't it couldn't function anymore like i'm trying to flat iron my hair and i can't like, I'm almost in the fetal position. I'm the only one in the house. I have to get out the door. I mean, I'm trying to... I couldn't even take my vitamins. I mean, I, like, literally, I, I'm one of those people that, like, need help to, to like, function. And um, I, I just... I don't I don't know what's going... Like, literally, like, I'm I'm shutting down. Like, and I, I don't know... I don't even know who to call. And um, so I compose myself enough to get into the car... And I'm driving to get on the four-way to get downtown. My doctor is downtown. And I'm driving, and I've had the songs from Sunday. I'm, You know, I'm not, everybody knows I'm not a big music person. I like to, to, to talk radio more. I don't really play music in the car. I've had it on, I haven't listened to the radio once this week. I've had the music on nonstop. So that one, that girl came on that was the only girl that was from Sunday. And it was that song. And I'm driving down the 408, and I'm clutching the steering wheel, and it's white. I mean, just white. And I and that song is playing, and I'm weeping, and I can't breathe, and I I'm so full of anxiety, and I'm in pain. I'm scared about my eyes. I'm scared I'm gonna go blind. I'm I'm scared I'm gonna be late. I was real hungry, and I I. I Just my my hip and my leg was hurting so bad, and so I was just I was having this huge mental breakdown, and this woman just keeps singing about Jesus and peace, and I and I'm going down the four hundred eight, and I would have killed for an egg McMuffin. I would have I would have, and so I and I'm driving, and all I hear in my head is, and I wanted to ask for prayer. Like I physically I could not think, I could not compose a Mm -hmm. prayer. But I wanted to ask for prayer, like I like I'm real good. At, don't tell anybody, but I'm good at texting and driving, and so like I wanted, like I wanted to get my phone and just send out a text and ask for a prayer because I really thought that I was actually gonna have to go commit myself, and I had the worst morning. I really haven't had a great day, but um, uh, you know what I heard in my head, like literally the voice in my head. Suck it up, Smith. Everybody has problems. You're not the one in the group that gets to have problems. No, no lie. Everybody has problems. You have to keep it together. You have stuff to do. People need you to do stuff. Suck it up and do the stuff that you need to do. And I was like, oh, I have to do stuff. I can't be a person that has problems. And so I'm like, that's what, and I was like, and so I'm like trying to like sniff back the tears. Like those are the voices that I'm hearing in my head. Like literally I'm hearing, suck it up, Smith. You don't get to be this person. You don't get to be a person that breaks down. You have to be the person that's in control and has everything figured out and doesn't react. And I was like, okay. And so I'm, I'm like, so I composed myself. I stopped crying and I get to the doctor's office, and I'm sitting in the waiting room, okay? And I'm waiting for them to call me. So, and so I didn't send out a text for prayer because my brain told me that I wasn't supposed to need help. So I'm, I'm in the waiting room, and I'm waiting for him to call the them to call me back. And I thought I would just, you know, amuse myself to stop thinking about all my problems because I wasn't supposed to have any. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Facebook, and I see this little girl. Playing with her dog, right? On, that's the video that I'm watching. Aha, that's funny. So I start reading all the comments about it. It's one that's gone viral. So there's like 14,000 comments on it. Mm-hmm. I start reading them. you really well. I, I read probably 3,000 of them <laughs> sitting in there, right? So I'm oh scrolling through, and every comment is like this. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's funny. What a cute dog. And then I get to this comment. No lie. Like straight from Jesus. I pray. I, no, I'm not even lying to you, Ari. It says like this. They're all about the dog and the little girl. And then then I get this comment, just out of the blue. It says, don't forget, you are human. It's okay to have a meltdown. Just don't unpack and live there. Cry it out and then refocus on where you're headed. Well, that is what I read in the comments. Uh, Jesus typed me this comment. Like, yeah. no, because it had nothing to do wow. with the dog wow. or the... All the other 2,999 wow. comments I read were about how cute the little girl and how cute the dog was, and then I got wow. that comment. Wow. And so I'm sitting in the waiting room, and I'm like, "Where's Jesus?" Like, I was like looking around. I mean, that freaked me out because stuff like this doesn't happen to me.
2: Did you write that down and capture that?
1: No, I, this is, I haven't told anybody this. Did I haven't seen anybody else. I've been alone all day long.
2: No, this is a screenshot. I took a screenshot oh. of it.
1: Yeah, I took a screenshot of this. This is like, this is seriously comment, like, you know, 15,780 of the, you know, 20,000 comments or whatever that's on this viral video. Is that not the weirdest comment in the world? Wow. And so mm-hmm. I was like, and as soon as I read that, it was like, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Just don't stay there. Yeah. Move on. Sure. Don't camp out there and just freak out. So then going back and reading these scriptures, the Christ is victorious. You know, so I, I say all I like because I have a point. His mercies are new, ev- <laughs> you know. It just yeah. comes to the story. His mercies are new every morning. You know, That—that I don't have to fear because of him. Yeah. You know, so all of this, evidently, I've been carrying all of this, yeah, but I've been suppressing it, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm, I have my stuff together. You know, that's who I am. You know, I don't react. I just, I'm the one who does stuff. So I have my stuff together. Like that's, that's what, that's the, that's the, you know, that's the mantle that I put on myself. I'm not saying anybody else has put that on me. That's what I put on myself. You know, I'm the one who makes the list and gets things done. I'm not the one who cries and has a breakdown and has drama and all, you know, that, I don't do that. So when everything hit me this morning, you know, and I ceased to function, you know, I could barely go to the bathroom. Like I don't even know how I got my zipper up and all of a sudden like seriously like i don't even know like i'm surprised i had pants on and so and i'm just sitting there cuz i had done it like my the voice in my head told me to stop it stop stop having stop feeling everything that i was feeling and then it was like literally god was like it's okay just give it to me you're feeling it because you're human and i've made you that way you have emotions you have you know you have fears but you have cares cast all your cares upon me you know because i'm the victorious one you and of your own self are not
2: did that ever happen to you before
1: no this is so weird no, no. so i mean and like i said like i i've had and i have had anxiety attacks sure. in the past but you know maybe like you know few and far between but this this morning like i just, you know see i i was physically m- shutting down and um
0: so anyway, I thought that that was just a really good reminder. So. Definitely, yes. She describes it fairly well, doesn't she? Oh, yes. <coughs> oh, yes. That's <Let's> good. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Bill, how about yours? Um, number eight. Why should I lack wisdom when I know that Christ
3: became wisdom? to me from God and that God gives wisdom to me generously when I ask for it number nine why should I be depressed when I can recall to my God's loving kindness compassion, faithfulness and have hope and number ten why should I worry and be upset when I can cast all my anxieties on Christ who cares for me how
0: have they seen you through this week?
3: well, I've needed wisdom repeatedly, I, I've been, um, battling with, like, just a lot of, um, anxiety and depression, severely, and, so, really that's, you know, like, I've had to remind myself that all the times that God is met me all the things that he has, you know, seen me and others through, and I know that I can go to him um, when I feel like I need wisdom and I don't know what to do, and I know I can just go to him and not say anything that he knows. So,
0: um, Yep. Yeah. So, mm. Ariana, you're up. Okay. Um, I think number eight, too. Yeah, please.
4: Why should I lack wisdom when I know that Christ became wisdom? me from God and that God gives wisdom to me generously when I ask him for it. And 13. Why should I feel alone when Jesus said he is with me always and he will never leave me nor forsake me? And 20. Why should I let the pressures of life bother me when I can take courage knowing that Jesus has overcome the world and it's not? Amen.
0: How these scriptures this week, see me through. Anything stand out? Okay, number twenty. Why should I have the pressures of life bother me when I can take courage knowing that Jesus has overcome the world and its problems? How how how's that one stood out to you?
4: They're always asking me, like, what are you going to do after high school and everything? My tech teachers are asking us, to, like, what are we going to do after school? And I just feel like, I don't know, I just get so nervous.
2: Puts a lot of pressure on you.
4: because yeah. I feel like what I want to do is not going to happen. Mm-hmm.
5: How do you feel that way? I don't know. I just do. I feel the same way because it, you don't see yourself in that position. I don't see myself as perfect. I don't see myself as professional, medical person. Mm-hmm. I just see myself as a student the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But like, you have to like switch out of that like mindset. Like, cause I'm in school and constantly, it's always. So I was talking about majors and the classes I need to take to get to um, the classes for I major, and it gives me anxiety too. Cause now, I honestly, there's different types of paramedics, I guess, mm-hmm. for different things, mm-hmm. and I didn't know. So now I have to like go even more in depth. Cause now I have to. I'm taking general education like a year and a half, and I have to do a year of EMT, and then I have to do more years of paramedic, and it's just so much, and I don't, like, if it's so much work, I have online courses, and it gives me so much stress, and I'm scared that, I just feel like I just want to drop out, but I know I can't, but it's a lot, but you know, you just have to switch out of that mindset, like, you're, I didn't, I still haven't switched out of it. I don't realize that I'm in college. I feel like I'm just in another year of high school, mm. but
0: yeah. Transition can always be scary, mm-hmm. you know. But you said that you hit the no on the head, is that you've got to be persevering. Yeah. You can find comfort, and you can find wisdom, and you can find the peace that you need um, through your relationship with Jesus growing and maturing as a Christian, and applying truth to your life, and knowing, especially when the pressures are pressing, no matter what the pressures are, because we're all gonna face them, especially as we transition into the different seasons of life, you know. But one thing that you can rest assured is that he says he would never leave us nor forsake us. And these transitions, these pressures, these trials, if you would, are there to produce something within us, you even a more greater dependence on Him, but also gives us the perseverance and ultimately the hope um, that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. You know, and if you set your mind to your education, to your schooling, to your future, you may not see it now because you're still, you know, it's way off. But you just taking the steps and keep going and not giving up you'll reap the benefits of that application of people applying.
5: And you don't have to know what you want to do now. Cause there's so... I feel like you do. You don't have to because
4: everything knows
5: what you have to do general education and then you start going to like meetings and they tell you like these you could do. Like there's medical meetings and stuff like that and there's clubs and stuff like that. And
0: there's a lot of people who go into college thinking they know. Yeah. They're dead set. This is what I'm going to do. But once they start, once they go, things change. And take another route, another path. I got so. my first
2: degree. I realized I had taken the wrong thing. Uh-huh. My so yeah. No. Yeah. I want graduation. No. 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 I obviously don't know what I'm going to do anymore. It's so
5: confusing. My have a
0: yeah, you still do get your basics out of the way, but it's good that you can relate some scriptures and you're growing in your faith, Ariana, and as well as you, Alexis. Um, and it's going to be vital for both of you as you're maturing and as, as you're entering into this next trip phase of your life, you know. Guess who's up?
2: <laughs>
0: you, Norma. Okay,
6: so the first three. <laughs> Um, why should I why should I say I can what <laughs> why should I say I can when the Bible said I can do a thing through Christ who is right me why should I worry about my knee when I know that God will take care of my knee according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ Why should I fear when the Bible said God has given me the spirit of fear but not the spirit of, God, the spirit of power love and sound mind how
0: have those three kept you this week
6: well, I mean, I, I select those three because when I came to Christ, those those three, it was help and it's still helping me in my growth and my relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. and that's why I select those. I think uh, every day I ask God to give me the strength to trust Him, to, to know that I can do all things to Christ. I'm really, like, sometimes at work, I I think probably I put so many limitations on myself, like you know, I don't know things that happen here and there but um, I was just trying to keep my my mind focused there. With cryer, I can do it if I keep my eyes focused on him um, that I don't have to worry about and that's something that he definitely has proved over and over to me and from the beginning of this year that hey if you trust me you will be able to do everything. I mean don't don't worry about how are you going to pay this and that? Just do what I'm calling you to do. Everything else I will take care of. And he proved that over and over since I this year started. And uh, um, in reference to the spirit of fear, and um, I think that's something that I have definitely worked in my life. I mean, this is before, for probably because of my past and everything else. But now it's just I don't have fear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like I trust God that he's in control and that, um, and that I just don't fear death. I don't fear. I just know that like I, when I get up in the morning, I just say, God, I give myself to you, you know, and I'm here. Just let me be your hand and let me be your feet and let me make you proud of me. You know, that you feel like she's doing what I'm calling her to do, you know, and that's, that's the mentality that I wake up every morning. Um, and so that's the reason that I said those three because from the beginning when I started my walk with God I was asking God to the those who should become alive in me mm-hmm. and real, so and definitely I'm walking in that by the grace of God. Amen.
0: I saw that you were selecting three. Did you select three when you were sitting in? Um, yeah, okay.
5: I selected okay. yeah. so,
0: um, Do you mind sharing?
5: Why should I uh, 9. Why should I be depressed when I can call recall to mind mm-hmm. God's loving kindness come I should I be um, number 3. Why should I fear when the Bible says God has not given me a spirit mm-hmm. of fear but of power and love in someone mm-hmm. number 16 why should I feel worth this one mm-hmm. Christ became sin for me so that I might become the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm.
0: And as you just had a short time, but as you looked through that list, and you saw those three, what stood out to you? What comfort or application can you take from those? Um, Well,
5: like Gilda said about depression, that we just, he knows we can go to him. Like, we don't have any, I don't have anybody else to. Talk to like in depth about that, so I just go to him about it, and I know it's not worth being depressed. Cause one moment I'm depressed, and then something happens and my mood changes, mm-hmm. and I just forget about it. But I, it's pushing it away, so I talk about it, and um, that's something that I struggle with a lot. So I always have to. I was pushing
0: away, and I haven't really let it go recently. So I I did number six. Why should I allow Satan control over my life when He that is greater, He that is in me is greater than He that is in this world? Number ten. Why should I worry and be upset when I cast all my anxieties on Christ who cares for me? Number 20, why shall I let the pressures of life bother me when I can take courage in knowing that Jesus has overcome the world and its problems? Mm-hmm. There's hope in Scripture. Mm-hmm. There's hope in truth. You know? And these are just 20 mm-hmm. promises, if you would, that are in the Word of God. And as I've been meditating on these three throughout the week, and as I've just been praying through them, that's another I've been encouraging y'all Pray through Scripture, personalize Scripture. You know, to really enrich your prayer life, um, I would encourage you all to, to begin praying Scripture. You know, holding, holding on to these truths. You know, reminding ourselves, especially again when 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 life's like beating us up. You know, when the pressures are mounting, when depression is setting in. You know, when panic attacks or anxiety begin to be triggered you know we recognize that ultimately we don't have to submit to all of that because we are in full submission to Christ and yet though we will experience this because I love when the scripture says in this world you will have trouble but remember his promise be of good cheer for I have already overcame the world wow And that's where I've been really encouraging all of us to give thought to Scripture.
5: Mm
0: -hmm. Not just that it be words that come in and go out. No, this this word is alive. It's active. And so when we begin to allow it to transform us, when we begin to start thinking upon these things, because you're going to think upon something throughout the day. Mm -hmm. You're going to be challenged throughout the day. And the word of God says in Proverbs, what you give thought to, as a man thinks, so is he. What you give thought to is how you live. And so we have to recognize that the mind is the battlefield. But as children of God, as those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have to recognize we've been born again into this new creation. How now then shall we live? You know your old self. You know your old ways. You know what used to trip you up. You need to be mindful of those things. And we talk a lot here about taking thoughts captive and bringing it to the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But if you don't know of His Lordship, if you're not walking in the, in, in the understanding of His Lordship in your life, if, you don't, if you're not applying His truth, then it's going to be very hard to take thoughts captive. And so we need just to be mindful. So this was a really powerful scripture. I mean, powerful lesson last week. All of them are, and I want to continue to go through the I Am's, to go through these lists of promises. Just don't put it aside. Just don't have to be a one time a week that you pick this up. No, oh, You should be daily looking and studying. You know, I'm encouraging you, write out scripture. Write it on your mirrors. You know, put it on put it on index card. Type it in your notes section of your phone. Do whatever you can to keep it before you. Mm -hmm. So you know how to war back. You know how to fight back. So I love it when the word of God says, Don't give the devil a foothold because he'll develop a stronghold. Remember what those strongholds are? It's the pattern of thinking. That you begin to believe that's contrary to God's truth. But the good news, even if a stronghold is developed, the Word of God says that He's giving you the weapon of your warfare to demolish those strongholds. You push back and then speak forth the Word. Let me tell you something: you preaching yourself happy, mm-hmm. you'll find encouragement. You'll find hope. You'll find strength as you depend on the Holy Spirit, truly mature and grow you in this newness of life. So let's look at this last question on page 22 before we go into tonight's lesson. It says, before the next session, consider the following question. How is your perspective of the world different from that of the others? And how is it different from the way God sees this world? Does someone want to take that? Warm, huh?
6: Yeah. Hi, I was you. You beat Me, I see. What? Right now. Oh. Okay. Well, I have
5: to take an exam. It's okay. due at eleven. Oh. I didn't
6: want to not come. Well, I'll stay here, but I didn't want. To. Okay. okay. Sorry. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My home is my home is in heaven with the Lord. And I I have John, I mean, First John 2, 15. Do not love the world or the thing in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So I just... I know that I'm like you always say in the Bible say I'm a foreigner in this and this world passing through. My purpose in, in this world is to be an ambassador of Christ and represent him. But this is not my home. He has something better. And that's what I'm that's where my heart is and, and knowing that he even encouraged me to know and love the king of this world. And my focus on him and knowing that he has something better. Anyone else? I'm going to
5: hand book,
0: so can slip through that. we're on page, hey, we're going to, we're heading to page 23. Um,
1: I have that um, we each see the world um, according to the lens of our experiences, knowledge and self-value. However, when we come to know Christ, we see the world through the lens of hope in Him. Um, our dependence shifts from self to and others onto Him. Hmm. And God sees the world with um, the love of the Creator for the created. And desiring that, that reconciliation and that he, made, that he made a way for.
0: Well, that's what we're picking up tonight. Our lesson tonight is reshaping our world view. So here on page 23, we find the scripture Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6 through 8. Tom, would you mind reading that scripture for us? Uh, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the
2: Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted, and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. And I love that where it says,
1: see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the traditions of men. Like, he puts it back... um, on us, like see to it, like you have the responsibility, like you have a brain, mm-hmm. basically, I mean you have the word of God, so you need to see to it, and you need to use your brain, like I underlined that, like that was really, I thought that was powerful
0: That scripture speak anything else to anyone? Proplication or thought? Well,
3: it kind of, um Samuel always used to say, Pastor Samuel always used to say you have a brain and you have a Bible And God expects you to use both of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I really, I like that, that, you know, we are to take whatever we hear and filter it through God's Word. So, and and the other thing I just, uh, the big question, you know, the world sees what's, like, right in front of it. Mm -hmm. And, we have the ability to basically to look up to see God Mm -hmm. and the difference between our view and his view is Mm -hmm. while we're looking up he's he's on high and he sees everything so it's kind of like people have used the analogy of like the tapestry you know we only see like a bit of it like if sometimes if you're looking up you can't see the whole picture and so, um, but even with us not being able to see the whole picture, we have that, um, that hope that we have in Christ, mm-hmm. that he, ha- he can see the big picture, that he knows it all.
0: Carrie, so. okay, would you go to Galatians chapter 6, and everyone else can turn there but if you would read Galatians chapter 6, verse 24 and 25. is a scripture we talked about on Wednesday as well as Sunday, but I want to kind of bring it before us again tonight.
1: Uh, my Galatians 6 doesn't have
0: that. But it's not Galatians 6, I'm sorry. It's Galatians 5. <laughs> oh, I was Thank like, you.
1: My Galatians 6 is at 18.
0: What's wrong with your Bible? <laughs> oh, I, I could, could have, you have a defective Bible. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> your Galatians 6 is broken.
1: Yeah, my, oh, mine yeah. has a blank there. Sorry,
2: you're
0: not getting it all. <laughs> okay. I'm like, that's
1: what's wrong with me all these years? The dumb Bible's wrong. So, okay, I gotta get a new one. <laughs> okay, that's so it kind of Galatians it's Galatians 5. Um, And what are the words? 24
0: through 25.
1: I definitely have those, and they actually happen to be underlined in (laughs) here. What do you know? So I've been here before. (laughs) Okay. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Just 24 and 25. Yes. Okay,
0: because the end of the paragraph is 26, so I'd, my mind wants me to finish. No. Okay. With just 24 and
1: 25 Stop. where it talks about... Like, well, Why can't we finish the paragraph? Okay. No. <laughs> All right, just leave it hanging.
0: So we talked about these already, but when you read these and you see what it says here, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So we are living by the Spirit. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that portion of Scripture?
6: I think when you keep Jesus in front of you all the time, you're like... For me, it's like... Even if at any moment, for example a negative thought or something coming to me just to know what you have done in my life, immediately I just recognize, no, this is not belong to me. You know, I'm living by the Spirit, not by my flesh, not yeah. by the desire or whatever the, the worries offer me. Because I realize that, I don't know, it's something that happened inside of me where I just don't want to please anymore my flesh or or that you know this world. Just like something that I know that he had done inside of me that is, I hate. Literally, I hate when I do something that is that is against him. You know, it is something that it grabbed my heart like oh, I'm so sorry, God, and it just is that like, now I know when the Paul said the godly sorrow. It's just that, oh, I did it again. I say, God, I'm so, and it's something that is changing me deeply. Mm-hmm. And um, so, this hate when I have compassion for people. I, I want to let them know, listen, it's hope, it's hope in Christ. I know he can change you, but... But I hate this sin. I just hate it. Even in myself, if I see something that is coming out, of my way, no, that's not who you are. So that's what I, I know that every day I nail in into the cross, whatever trying to come against me. And I don't beat myself up. I just say, okay, God, thank you for reminding me, Holy Spirit, that I need to depend on you every day, that I need to keep my eye focused on you, that at any moment the enemy, even a war, I be war, and I'm driving and it's whoa, and I say wait 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 not. and I start praying for whatever I see or whatever I you know what I'm saying things like that. So yeah, so I just. Keep my... um,
1: when I hear the word passions, I think of the things that drive you, the things that motivate you, the the things that spark you, if you will. Um, and so when it says that, it's almost like your essence. And so when it says it nails your, your passions and your desires to the cross, that the essence of who you are dies, because you're no longer yourself. Yeah. That no longer drives you. Those those things that used to motivate you, that used to get your juices flowing, if you will, your passions. Yeah. Those are those are nailed to the cross. You know, passion sounds like a. Uh, <laughs> I like to watch Telemundo, <laughs> you know. I like those little telenovelas. It helps me with my Spanish. Plus, I can kind of figure out what's going on, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. you know, yeah, I, you know, there's there's a few that I have watched over the years, but there's like I can just see one being called Passions, you know. And then they're so like everything they do is, and that's how we are when we're in our flesh and we're living for our nature. Everything we do is so very overly dramatic. You know, because we are just living for ourselves. We're living for the world. And God says, that which is driving you is not of me. So nail that to the cross. Let that be your living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Let that die so that you can have a new passion, which is just the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And let that be, you know, and then maybe that can be a new telenovela, but, you know, let that be your new drive, let that be your new actions let that be what comes forth from you Mm -hmm. like that word passion is just so passionate passionate. yes
0: okay, reads chapter 6 verse 14
1: I have that one just
0: 14
1: as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ because of that cross oh yes, this is mine my interest in this world has been crucified Mm -hmm. and the world's interest in me has also died Mm -hmm. Amen
0: There's a lot of views out there in this world There's a lot of thoughts and ideals and faiths and religions and everything else that's out there that will love nothing more than to form and to shape us So let's kind of take a look at this Gilda can you read um, the first part of the word and then Defining the term worldview.
3: The world in which we were raised has influenced our perception of reality. Consequently, we have a tendency to interpret life from a limited worldly perspective. Our worldview is a grid by which we evaluate life experiences. Wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. Mm -hmm. And evaluating life through the grid of scripture. To change our worldview requires repentance, which literally means a change of mind.
1: And I'm just going to stop. I love that sentence. Like, I underline that. It got an underline and a highlight. Like, I love that. And I don't think I've ever heard it put that way. Like, repentance is actually like a change of mind. I thought that was beautiful. Sorry.
3: Defining the term Worldview. Our present understanding of this world was assimilated from the environment in which we were raised and developed through numerous learning experiences, most of which were informal. There is no society in which all people hold exactly the same worldview. In North America, it is politically correct to have tolerance for different opinions and beliefs. The question is, how does our worldview differ from a biblical worldview? To start with, Let's put on a different pair of glasses that will allow us to see in broad strokes
1: how people interpret this world from different perspectives. All right, Carrie,
0: you take the first one. Mm-hmm.
1: Different worldviews. Animism. Animism. Animism is the oldest and probably most widely held worldview. It is found in its purest form in preliterate tribal societies. Some elements are found in most modern societies. Most animists believe in a creator, or god, or godza, uh, but see their god or gods as being so far removed from them that it would be difficult to make any connection. The animist is more concerned with a neutral spiritual power, in parentheses, mana, that is thought to permeate everything in the universe, animal, vegetable, and mineral, with spirits of many types. Did you want me to do B two? Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, and then there's a little graph. Um, and then B is Eastern religions or philosophies. In Eastern religions, there is no personal God. Instead, there is an impersonal cosmic force that permeates everything. Hinduism is one of the earliest formalized religions dating back to 1500 BC. Oh my goodness. Buddha? I-, 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 I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. Ayurvedu. Ah! is a type of Hinduism that believes that the basis of life is rooted in the non-material world in a field of energy known as prana Um, Taoism, because the T is a D because I did take religion, has two faces, yin and yang which oppose each other yet are one human beings are said to be inseparable from yin and yang and the world about them
0: Right. the next one, Modern Western Worldview. Tom, would you mind reading that one and then the A and B that goes the Okay.
2: Modern Western Worldview. According to the Modern Western Worldview, the world is generally divided into two functional realms, the supernatural realm and the natural realm as shown in Figure 4B. All spirit beings, including God, angels, and demons, are placed in the supernatural realm because they don't functionally fit with the natural world of scientific rationalism. From this perspective, there is a chasm between the spiritual realm and the natural realm. A. Rationalism and Naturalism. Rationalism and Naturalism have dominated the Western culture throughout most of the 20th century. Although most people say they believe in God, the majority do not believe that the existence of God significantly impacts their daily life. B. Postmodernism. I always wonder what that was. Rationalism and naturalism are being replaced by postmodernism as the dominant worldview in the Western world. Frederick Nietzsche summed up postmodernism when he said, There are many kinds of eyes. Consequently, there are many kinds of truth, and consequently, there is no truth. Mm. Postmodernism doesn't differentiate between what a person thinks or does and the person himself. Who I am is equal to what I do. If you say that my behavior is wrong, you're judging me. If you disagree with my beliefs, you're disparaging me. Consequently, there is enormous pressure to accept everybody's lifestyle as true and valid, no matter what it is. And underneath that,
1: I wrote... um you, like, this is kind of the concept of really where I see, at least for America today, that I wrote, you are what you believe. So people take the beliefs that they have, and that, they believe that that's who they are to the core, so, and what I put to the side is that's why we have a society of offense today, because if you speak against something that someone is is thinking or believing, they so personalize it. They believe that you are speaking against them personally. So everyone has a, has an attitude of offense about them.
0: All right. Can you read God's word is true and then read the biblical worldview and then we'll go into a talent discussion before we get into the questions. God is the ultimate reality and he is
4: the truth. Logic and Christian faith are not incompatible the rules of logic demonstrate the existence of a rational God, who has revealed the human to humankind that which is true. Divine relation is consistent with the natural sciences, since God created all that is natural and left us with the ability to discover the natural laws that govern me. <laughs> the biblical worldview. The worldview taught by the true prophets and apostles, has three functional realms, the realm of God, the realm of angels, and the realm of people and material things. These are not spatial spatial realms, but realms of being. God is not limited to a spatial realm existing far away in outer space. He is present everywhere in His creation and sustains all things by His power. Jehovah God is the one and only being in the realm of deity, not God and angels, and certainly not God and Satan. Satan is a created being and does not possess the attributes of God. Satan is a fallen angel, and when he rebelled against God, he was thrown out of heaven and took a third of the angels with him.
5: Amen.
0: So any thoughts? Anything? I'm going to share some. Does anyone else have any? Before we move, close come to our close tonight so answering some of these questions. And this isn't really
2: related to the topic, but just uh, I always wondered about this. It said he took a third of the angels with them. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to find that in the Bible. Oh. Yeah, it's in it's
1: Isaiah, is it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's there. I can probably Google it. Yeah, faster. I don't have my phone. It's actually on my notes, but I won't yeah. be
0: able to get to it with the recording. Um, let, let me
1: Google it real quick. Um, but while, while I'm looking for that, um, since we're talking about Satan, um, I like the scripture, or the, the line here that is a reminder that um, Satan is a created being. Because sometimes we forget that He's not a God. That, yeah, that he doesn't right. have the power of God.
0: No, no, no. I, I was saying, I was agreeing with what she was saying. In we talked about it when um, we went through our Revelation yeah. study. You talked about the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see.
1: What does Hebrews
2: 22 say?
1: Isaiah 14. Look at Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. You said 12:22. Yeah. We'll How of angel and joyful gathering? Hmm. On it? Isaiah okay. 14. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. How you are fallen from
3: heaven, O shining star, some of the morning! You have been thrown down to the earth. You have destroyed the nations of the world. But you have said to yourself, "I will ascend to heaven and set my throne." Above God's stars, I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. But instead, you will be brought down.
1: There at um, and it says, this says Revelation twelve four. Mm-hmm. Um, his tail swept one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. Cool. Yeah. Um, Revelation, then. Yeah. So I, in in here,
0: the one-third of the stars is talking about... Um, that's the, why the I miss it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the angels. I remember it being in the Revelation study that we did. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt that. No, that's not interrupting. I'd like to be able to... Yeah. All right, so again, we had these worldviews. And I like what it said kind of in the beginning that, you know, before we come to Christ, our we start adopting or adapting, if you would, to these world views, depending on our environment, you know. It kind of started what we start taking in. But it's once we come to Christ, and once again, this progression as we're going through this study, of accepting Christ, this new creation, or the walking by faith, and then our world view begins to change, because, as you pointed out, Gary, when you were talking um, that line where it says, Wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective and evaluating life with the grid of Scripture. The change our worldview requires repentance, which literally means a change of mind. And it goes back to Romans 12, where it talks about, again, how does he transform our lives by changing the way we think. So let's look at these questions here. Question one: How will understanding that we all grow up different with different worldviews help you talk to people who are not yet Christians? Does anyone have an answer for that?
1: Well, what I what I wrote was that you cannot approach everyone with the same logic. Um, that they you're not you can't approach everyone with the same thought that they that they're going to think like you because it makes sense to you, just because something makes sense to you because of your worldview, because of your life experiences. Because the way I was raised and because of what already makes sense in my head, I can't just approach Ariana with that because Ariana was, has her own set of views. She has her own set of experiences that she's lived her life by. And I just can't assume that everything I'm going to say is gonna make complete sense to her. So you just have, when you go in, you just have to recognize that, you can't always just go in with that assumption. Anyone else? I think
3: it's just like any other um, communication, Um, like you can't talk to, you can say the same thing to everybody, but it's how you say it. Like even with like different employees and stuff, you can't talk to one the same way you talk to the other one. Even if you're like conveying the same message, they're gonna hear it differently, they're gonna perceive it differently. And it's the same if you have if you have kids, you know, you have different children, they they all have their personalities. They all even though they have like growing up in the same house they've all had different experiences and you have to relate to them right where they're at which is what God does for us I and mean, He speaks to us in a, a way that we're going to get it we're going to understand He's not going to talk to us in a way that we're not going to hear what He's saying so it's important that we take that into account, like you're not going to go and, uh, you know, talk like, uh, and use all these like technical terms to someone that has lived out in the, that, you know, that's an indigenous from an indigenous nation, that they're, you know, they're an indi- indigenous people, they don't have like the technology and stuff, and even, like a lot of them, it's the first time that they've ever seen a movie is like when they see the Jesus film. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: You know, and they actually like, there's been times where they've actually like thrown a spear to try to hurt the people that are hurting Jesus because they think that they're real people. So you definitely need to speak to them in their language and in things that are relevant to them that they are
1: going to
0: you had right. something else?
1: No, I have an answer for number two. Oh, okay. well, uh, hold on. Doing. This is she what she's doing. Right? No, I was, I was oh. fixing my fingernail, but oh, I do have an answer for there. number two. Okay. Okay. Before we go to number two. Okay. <laughs> it was. Just, it's like <laughs> at an she's auction. I just, <laughs> <won her mind. laughs> I just yeah. twitched. I'm sorry. It's not an auction. <laughs> <laughs> it would all. <laughs> Sorry, I just spent
0: it. You know, I challenge you all the time to get out there and have spiritual conversations with people. Get out there and begin to, you know, have dialogue. You know, and I think it would be for Christians, we need to remember that we once held a different worldview. Exactly. You know, we once were just like the rest of them. You know. And we don't have to come across Even though they may perceive it to be arrogant And whatever But just as, as passionate as they are About their worldview, We can be passionate about ours And we can actually have conversations You know And share And, 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 and listen To what they're saying Because a lot of times if we would listen We would get, gain the wisdom yeah.
1: be better listeners.
0: To be able to share with them and it's, it goes back to that transparency. Like, if I'm able to share what I used to believe, and then now how my worldview has changed because of how Christ has impacted my life. When someone else can see you be vulnerable, when someone else can see and hear, you know, I'm not I'm not downing or you know. Striking them down If you would Or attacking them No I'm sharing Just honesty You know Just being real Just being transparent Just being vulnerable With them You know And again We already know Like the word of God says Some you're going to be A fragrance of light You're going to be A sweet perfume Others you're going to be The sense of death You know They're going to turn They don't want to hear The gospel This biblical worldview, The gospel itself Offends The masses if you would The gospel, the good news Is not one that everyone's going to wake up and embrace You know People are going to want to cling To their old ways But in saying that We have the same message But how we present it To the different worldviews, If you will that we come across We just need to be mindful And we need to be prayerful And we need to recognize that once we were there you know, lest we forget, you know. But once we were there, once our eyes were blinded, mm-hmm. you know, once our ears were covered, you know, and just as Christ came and met us, you know, He sends us to go and to build relationships, just to talk with people, just to connect with people, allow them to see how how God has has changed you and maturing you and growing you, if we can just continue to live this Christian life out in front of others, you know, it will impact those around us. And that's how we have to be mindful. You know, we can't be, if you would, quote-unquote, friends with the world, you know. Um, we're to go into the world, but we're not to be of the world, if you would. You know, we have, we are to represent Christ. You know, we are called to be His ambassadors. You know, we are His royal priesthood. You know, and just as He came to serve, so we serve. But it's vital to know about these worldviews. It's vital to know what's out there. You know, and so that we can diligently be praying for the opportunity to share. The Holy...
3: Oh, I'm
1: sorry.
3: I was going to say, even the way the Gospels were written like to who the gospels were written. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were addressing. Um, if it was more to tell the gospel to Gentiles, they mm-hmm. highlighted certain things. If it was more to tell mm-hmm. the gospel to the Jewish people, it was more they were showing where prophecy had been fulfilled and you know going into to more of that. Whereas, mm-hmm. so I think that that's really. They took, you know, I mean, God Himself said, okay, this is your worldview, so I'm going to inspire, you know, uh, Matthew to write this way, I'm going to inspire Mark to write this way, Luke is going to write this way because it's the same story, but it's told differently with the same message.
6: That's true. When 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 um, when I was there in Colorado, they teach us that. Was at the end of the semester. It was to help us out how to share the gospel with unbelievers of different uh, worldview or religions. And, and one thing that I really love a lot was that they, they taught us that when you talking with a Muslim, there's no way that you're going to share the gospel with him. You're going to share the truth no matter what. But one thing that they teach us was that always... Trying to learn something from them, yes. like like if you want to know about what they believe, yeah. like for example, what they say, well, I'm a Muslim. Okay, so why are you a Muslim? Yeah. Well, because I grew up and so so. Okay, but but what do you mean? Like when they say, well, I believe in Allah. Okay, so who is that uh, Allah? And ask questions so they can see that you are interested about to know about them. So uh, at one point they're gonna say something like, well, uh, like for example, I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic because my parents Catholic, but, but why you believe in that? Well, because my mom, okay, but, and, and so you start connected with that, and next thing you know, is open the door for you to share, and, and, but it's good, like I always say, it's always a question, what do you mean with that, like, a specific Buddha, or Muslim, or any, whatever kind yep. of religion we're talking about.
0: Well, that's the key, Is like I was sharing with you, have spiritual conversations. Just yeah. don't go in pushing your view. Build relationships. Yeah. You know, build relationships. Talk to them. Yeah. Hear from them. You know, don't be swayed by them. Yeah. <laughs> but listen. You know, and connect because that's how you, that's how you gain. You know, understanding on how and be prayerful and how to present, if you would, the gospel. Tommy, you were going to say something. i was so, I would just, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. It's just to be able to have conversations with people and, 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 and connect with them, hear them, you know. And then from there, you know, yeah, you'll gain wisdom and understanding of how to begin to present, you know, the gospel.
1: Well, the Holy you Spirit know? Himself um, is mindful when He reveals Jesus to people mm-hmm. um, because we've heard countless stories. Of the way that he, the Holy Spirit is revealing Christ to the Muslim people, yeah. He's revealing Christ to them differently than He would reveal Christ to someone else, uh, because He knows that in order for them to accept Christ, they're going to have to see, they're going to have to see Him. So many times we've heard counts of Muslims seeing Christ in dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the whole that's a way that the Holy Spirit is doing that specifically for Muslims. Yeah. You know, and so that just shows that because of who they are and what they believe, Christ is sensitive and tailoring mm-hmm. his his pursuit of them. And I think
6: and
1: because we have the real
6: truth, mm-hmm. I'll never forget that not the day that I met Warren and how everything happened and he just wanted only one, one question to be answered and of course I knew that I, I, I couldn't answer the question that he was asking me because it wasn't exactly the way that he wanted to see it in the Bible but I knew that at one point if he would have give me the opportunity to talk to him and another time we can engage more and, and, and be able to present the truth and, and because even though that we had the opportunity to meet for the second time and he still believed in what he was believing but I, I challenged him that night you know if you think that what I'm saying to you is not true if I'm challenging you right now ask whatever you want to ask to your God and see if he responds and ask whatever you want to ask to my God my real one that is the only one and I promise you I remember telling him that I promise you that he will answer you I promise you and the following day, God answered his prayer. He did it. That night, he prayed. The following day, God answered that prayer three times with three different offers of job opportunity. And he said, I believe your God is the one. And the mind never responded. I said, You see that? That's, that's the, be- the beauty about God. That even though that I don't have the answer that he was asking, the answer because he's not, in he was, the question that he was asking me was, Tell me what in the Bible said that Jesus, Jesus himself, Say that I am God, just like that. That I am God. Look, tell me where. Of course, it's not like that. I mean, Jesus never say I am God like specific like that. But he wanted in that specific way. And I said, well, no, that what that. He doesn't say like that way. But I can show you where he say the Father and I we are one. But he said, no, no, no. I'm asking you to say exactly I am God. Well, of course, it's not there. But because I was able to challenge him, he did it, and God responded. So that right there is the beauty of God, because he's a real God. And that's the opportunity we have to share with others.
0: And when you think about this, your your worldview shapes you into who you are, how you act. And a lot of these a lot of the world views out there, they're what they believe is truly who they are. Yeah. And they're not going to move from it just because you you know, you come and wanna yeah, you know push your view. And again, we shouldn't be pushing our view. We should just be having dialogue, making connections, building relationships. Yeah. But what's important is that if you're presenting yourself as a Christian just <laughs> That allow it allow that worldview to shape you and mold you as we should as Christians. Because unfortunately, a lot of times what they hear a lot from Christians is you have to live this way this way, this way this way, this way and then when they look and they see our lives it's, there's nothing different you know and there should be a difference because I remember before I came to Christ and you all know I mean I, I hated Christians I hated Jesus. At all, I was wrapped up in all these different worldviews, living however I wanted to live, you know. But Christ, you know, impacted and, and changed my life and our lives, and a newness began to come forth. And then you begin to see that there is a different way to live. And so when you're going, you have to recognize that these people truly believe. This is their truth. They truly believe this is who they are, and they practice it down to the t. You know. And so we've got to be able to not just only preach the gospel, but live the gospel, because that's what's going to really impact their lives. So it's really going to impact someone's life. Because I remember the Christians I had run-ins with back in the day. And I know the ones who were truly followers of Christ, compared to the ones who were just naming him and not reflecting him at all. You know. you ever hear somebody say,
2: "I want to know what he has"? He ha- he has what he
0: has. No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a true Christian. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Yeah. That's what very is he got? Yep, definitely.
6: Yeah, it's like it was like two months ago, I have a vendor that I had to that I called, I need some anyway, so this vendor came to my office, and um, it was a lady, which I talked to her over the phone, so I so she came, and as soon as she opened the door, front door she looked at me and said what is it? and I'm thinking to myself, what is it, about? and I said, may I help you? and say, no, 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 what is it? I said, I'm sorry, i and she said, something about you. Right. And I smile, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. And, and she said, what is it? I said, how, oh, Jesus. He said, that that, that's, that's what you have. And I'm like, yeah. But I was like, whoa. And she came, so we have a really nice conversation. And, and I, I realized that she's in a completely different world. You know, and the way that she was talking to me, and and I was like, and at the end, and she said, wow, I never met someone like you, something, I say, I'm telling you, it's Jesus, and I'm like, wow, that was beautiful. Okay. You that's know, what I'm that talking she, about, it, yeah. You know, that yeah. she But I said, she walked in, get in. Get there. that's yep, exactly definitely. what she said, see, I was like, wow, I was like, wow, that's amazing, you never, I, over, only over the phone. Wow. You know, I was like, wow. And it, it's beautiful because, and that's what I asked God, God, I, I don't want people to see me. I want to be able to project you. And I know that there are so many different moments where I, I know that I fail him. You know, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, I shouldn't smile to that person or I should have do this and that. But it gave me the desire more and more to allow him to be him instead of me.
2: I could see Jesus in you.
6: I
0: just passion for well, him. changed me, that's sure. Definitely. And so, again, it, it's important, again, to remember as Christians, I mean, to engage and, you know, and, I, and I've encouraged us again, um, time and time again, that we're not to, if you would, hate the world yeah. and be so angry at the loss. I don't understand that concept within the church of just hating them and, and, you know, like we should have compassion because we once were there, you know, and it, as we're growing and maturing in our faith to be able to go out there and connect, yeah, we're going to be treated badly. Yes, not everyone's going to embrace the fullness of, of who Christ is, but yet we're still called to go. You know, He went you know, and we're definitely no better than him, mm-hmm. you know. So if he came to humble himself, yeah. you know, we ought to daily be humbling ourselves. You know, when people show up and they're looking for counsel, um, yeah. all walks of life, one thing I always tell people is that, you know, I, I want to hear your story. I want to, you know, where, where are you at, you know, but understand you've come to a, a place that all I really have to offer you is Jesus. His truth. I don't know how else to counsel you. I don't, know how else, I don't know what other wisdom to give you. So as long as you're okay with that, you know, and then it begins to open up a dialogue. Mm-hmm. They begin to open up. They begin to share. They begin, and some have received Christ and their lives have changed. Others, no. You know, but again... All we can do is just be used by the Holy Spirit to be able to offer the hope to people that's in Christ. Mm-hmm. And just remember that Jesus is the model. Yeah, he's, he's, he's who we emulate. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Carrie, you ready for number two? Yep. Yeah, she's <laughs> dropping at <it> the bit. <laughs> I over there. Oh, wow, see that. I what oh, will why? you say to those who regard belief in absolute truth as being yeah. narrow-minded mm-hmm. and bigoted?
1: Well, I had an issue with this question, so... (laughs) She said you are ready. (laughs) I I actually spent a lot of time researching this question, and um, because, you know, I had to, like, you want to temper your answer, you want to make sure you're not offensive, you want to come across in love, but you want to come across straightforward, and so I read a lot online about people that, you know, about the concept of absolute truth, and people that... Um, yeah, so I spent probably like forty-five minutes on my question, and this is my third draft of my answer. Oh wow! Um, but this is what I would say. And I have to put it myself. You definitely was a good student because I have to put it to memory because it's a hard question. This is a, I thought it was an extremely hard question, so I can't just answer it off the cuff. I had to do a lot of research to get a good answer. So here's my answer, and I don't think it's offensive because my first one was okay. So, what was your first one? My first answer. I threw it away because it was offensive. It would have offended the oh, person. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so my answer is that God is truth, and therefore absolute. Mm-hmm. And the Bible does say that there is only one way, John fourteen six. Mm-hmm. So yes, that does make me narrow-minded in a sense. But what what is true for us all is that we all have sinned and need a Savior. Mm-hmm. That is not just my belief, but the Word of God and you being intolerant of my belief in that is actually bigoted behavior. What was the last That them being intolerant of my belief and that my yeah. belief that Jesus is the only way is actually them being bigoted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's so true. You know, Because when you can turn it back around and lay it out and yeah. say, well, just as what you're doing to me is what you're like yeah, they're prejudiced. against the you. No. Yeah. yeah, and that and again, that's a good
2: point. That's a and, great and the
1: first point. one, I said something about their mom, but no, I am just kidding. Oh. Yeah. I was just
0: kidding. Oh, yeah. That's no. just a joke. Just <laughs>
2: that's why I had to throw that one away. Is
0: <laughs> that number two? Yeah,
2: number
5: two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna find that out there. Yeah. Are going to say you're people are gonna say you're narrow minded, people are gonna say you're bigoted people well, are gonna say I agree with
1: them, yes I am narrow minded there's only one way. Yeah.
0: You know yeah. what i say say no, I say
2: there's one absolute truth. Mm-hmm. There is a truth, that's out there. Yeah. And uh someday everybody's gonna know it. <laughs> there you go. Yep, that yep. is true because
1: I will just say that
0: every knee will bow. Every knee. At one point. I'd <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get back out on the streets. Um it's really where my heart's at. I've been really praying um, you know, the Lord will just open up the, that door again um, to be able to get out there and spend as much time as I used to when I was doing street ministry. Because I'm telling you, people are, are open to spiritual conversations. People are open to connect and relate and to talk. I mean, um, and to be able to have conversations. And again, people are always going to challenge you I remember when we were out in the streets one night. Um, I think it was with Laura and the other group. But it was this man came running up to me, and he basically basically said to the fact like, "Who died and gave you like all the wisdom, all you know the whole you know the whole truth, you know? Who died and left you the one who's in charge here?" And I said, "Well, the one who died didn't leave me in charge here, but he did give me all truth." In wisdom, and his name was Jesus. And I remember that opened up this dialogue with this man. He came so aggressive. These were the same times where people would come up, kind of what you're similar. To what you're saying they would be like, "What is it about you?" You know, and um, they would ask these questions even before you can even begin to say anything. But once the dialogue starts, a lot of people are open to hear. Because the whole reason why, even if they approach you to begin a conversation, it's not your leading, or their leading, but it's God's leading. You know, to begin to prepare them to receive the truth. You know, so again, I challenge you all, you know, don't be timid. You know, you you can have full assurance of your faith in Christ, you know, and share your faith with others. We're talking about eternity, and I challenged us before. We got to stop being so concerned about people's temporalness on the surf. You okay?
1: Yeah. Oh. She was looking out the window. So oh. I was, I'm trying to make sure nobody's car is getting towed. Yeah, because I heard. Yeah, yeah, I heard something. So I'm thinking about my car being towed. I'm thinking about Norma's truck being okay. towed. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe to look. I saw yeah.
0: the flashing lights. That we should. We should. We shouldn't care so much about their temporalness. We should care about their eternity and have a desire to be able to share the truth with them. So look here at number one. Um, What was the worldview that you adopted as you were growing up? Does anyone want to share?
1: (laughs) I have a worldview that I had from probably until I was in college. And it was that... um, It sounds silly, but it's really what I believed—that everyone that wasn't in my denomination was going to hell. Because that's what I thought. Like that's just—that was my worldview. That if you weren't,
2: Were like you, Jehovah's Witness?
1: stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was Southern like Baptist, and and my best friend growing up was Methodist, and I used to try to tell her, you should stop being Methodist. You know you're going to hell. Like, I really did, like, because I thought that only Southern Baptists were going to heaven. <laughs> and I, for, a, for for over a decade, that's what I thought. So that, that was just the way my world was shaped. So anyway, that was my answer number one.
0: I thought of you, too. Do you mind if I share? <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
1: I have we've no talked, idea what you're going to say. We've talked about today. this I,
0: multiple times. I can't even think. In group, so we'll bring it up again. <laughs> okay. Um where it says the majority do not it says although most people say they believe in God
1: which question are you on? no
0: I'm on a question on oh. like A on page 25 okay the majority do not believe that the existent God I'm sorry do not believe that the existence of God significantly impacts their daily life mm. yeah
1: and well I'm, I'm, I'm hey talk
0: talk yeah. <laughs> not about you though <laughs> <laughs> about to
1: yeah Tom why'd you say
0: that?
1: <laughs> 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 you. Yeah random gas anymore that's funny right now you are on um (laughs) restriction you don't speak
0: so i was thinking as i was thinking because for me i was mixed up with so many different world views that really getting the view i mean i believed in gods or a, a form or whatever but then i was thinking like Christian-wise, who have I really talked to that really has grown up in the church? Mm-hmm. And you're probably the only person that I, I've known that I actually have conversation with that actually grew up in the church. And yet, though you grew up in the church, you had no relationship with God. Right? That's true. You can say, "Yeah, no." <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was you to speak to. Yeah.
1: So that, that's true. That's because true.
0: Because when I when, I mean, it goes back to that conversation yeah. we talked about before when I yeah. said, well, you know, how do you know you're saved?
1: How could I not be?
0: And that's what she said. So, <laughs> well, how can I not be? I do this. I do that. I do this. I do that. I do this. I do this. I do this. As I said
1: earlier in the the one who does things. And, she was enlisted.
0: and enlisted <laughs> All these things that she's done her whole life. <laughs> and I remember looking at you. i very busy. I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget your face. I was like, but... What about Jesus?
6: What
1: about him? <laughs> I was shocked because I had not ever considered yeah. Jesus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, I was very busy. I, I had
0: keys. And to I saw the offense. At <laughs> first, um, yeah, she was really offended. Like, well, how, you know,
1: how bad. What do you
0: mean? Because
1: you know, I knew they, where you
0: came from. So. <laughs> I I,
1: you right. have keys to the church. Check this, credentials Try to so, tell me so, I got a choir robe. But, <laughs> oh, so,
0: but for you really. to come to Christ, it was
1: beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: But to yeah. think how many years, right?
2: right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like you. Go ahead. Careful.
2: God, God spared your life, too. Yeah. Oh, right? Something could have happened. Oh, All my years. goodness. Well,
1: yes. yeah, and my family gets a little... Oh, they're not listening. For <laughs> 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 me, yes, and i are going to give you I really me. hate being recorded. Plus, I, sa- I think I sound different. <laughs> we'll I'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> I have said this before in front of my, my family. Well, my mom, really. Oh, my. She's the only one that ever really has a problem uh, oh <laughs> This is really bad. No, one, I'm the one who uploads this, and nobody in this room knows how. So, <laughs> um, but I've said this before. Like, you know, thank God that nothing ever exactly. happened to me. Yeah, you know, because before I before you were saved right because I really, you know, in all those years when I was standing up in front of fifty teenagers, I mean, I was the director of the high school Sunday school department. I was, le- I was over. Other adults and I was in my early twenties, and I was leading you know fifty high just high schoolers, not to mention middle schoolers that I would teach on Wednesday nights, and all of this. You know, I was on the church council. I was in charge of the entire vacation Bible school. Wow. We had we had two hundred and fifty kids in our vacation Bible school. I had fifty teachers answering to me.
2: You're doing all the right thing.
1: I, I, honey, I had a resume like you wouldn't believe. I was in charge of the church directory, the whole church directory. I put the entire thing together, like e- everything. You
0: went to Bible drill? Like, I Oh, followed. that was
1: in fifth grade. I mean, I went straight to state and had perfect score, and I still have the trophy on my desk at work. <laughs> like, I, I do. My mom brought it to me. She didn't want to have it on the mantle anymore. <laughs> so I had to put it on my desk at work she didn't want it anymore. I don't know why. But anyway, I had all of these things. And so when he's, I'll never forget when he said to me, I even know, like, where I was sitting in the room. And he looked at me. It was like, what about Jesus? I'm like, what the hell is he saying? What about Jesus? I'm so busy. I, I mean I was I don't have time with him. Right, my my entire life. That's all I've ever known. Well, of course
0: I'm saved.
1: It's church service. Yeah. Church service is all that that is my family. That is what we did. You know? I mean my dad was chairman of the deacons. That's just that's just what we did. And so I, I was. I was offended. stop it. I was offended that he would even I question. Remember. You know, and so I just, and it, it was like somebody took out my insides It just went, Ugh. and so now, n- now I can sit here and honestly, like, it's, and it may sound silly because that church is not, that building, I know it's just a building and that, and the school owns that building now because the church doesn't be there anymore, but literally, like, when I drive past that building, I dry heave, like, I still to this day, like, I remember things that I did and things that I said and how mean I was to people and how mean I was to to, minister, to pastors, to ministers, things that I said to them. Um, no, no, they weren't all that great. Some of them deserved it. But I'm really? just, no, they don't want to be bad. Hey, but, you, no, know I'm, you know, I'm telling the truth. But, but I'm just <laughs> saying I was wrong. And so, but a lot of bad things were done to me. But I did a lot of awful things in the name of...
2: Religion. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I still sometimes, like, when I shut my eyes, I can hear the things that I've done, and mm-hmm. you know, and I feel yeah. like it, it would have been better if I was out smoking crack on the street because at least everybody would have known the type of person I was. Not, you know, sitting here looking all whatever on Sunday, you know, just being so vile and so, you know... I, it would have been better for me to've been, you know, hooking on the trail or something. It would it would've just been, you know. Part of, see part of around <laughs> <them. But, laughs> I'm just saying. But but what but anyway so no, it really it really is. It, it's and so and for now, for me to be at a place now, but that's what I'm trying to say, like my heart breaks for those yeah. who they're who are sitting in the pew and that's where I really feel like and that's a worldview. I okay, mean, that's but something that, again, Yeah, like Norma says, like, our hearts break for the homeless. Yeah. My heart breaks for those sitting on the pews. Yeah. Like, that's where my heart is to reach. Those people that are yeah. sitting there, because that's where I've been before, and i lived for so long, mm-hmm. and I can look at someone, and I can know exactly where they're at, and they don't even have to open their mouth,
2: yeah. you know, so. Anyway. My worldview, I thought God was somewhere up there in a cloud. mm I had no idea he was a personal God that he was with us, although I was like in a church. Animism. Uh Yeah. And I love God, but I really didn't know who he was mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that distance,
1: like he's not he's so far away, there's no and it's the, the total opposite of the Eastern religions, and where God is everywhere, and God is in everything, and God is this, and you know, God is that, so it's either God is so far away that he's He's untouchable, or that God is in everything. Like He's God is this and God is that, and but then we have that other that that God is God has that ability to be with us, he's present. you know. But His He's He's higher than the angels, you know, and but yet there's not that spatial
2: divide. And He's He's in us. Yeah. There's, there's a concept. Right. Yeah. Right. He's not.
1: He's not this. But he dwells within us, you know. And I, there was this one line in here, and I highlighted it. Oh, this is under my answer. I don't have enough room in this book. It says, "Logic and Christian faith mm. are not compatible, and um, there has to become a, a time where you have to stop always trying to figure it out. Yeah, and yeah. just trust and obey." Right. And that's why, like, sometimes super, super highly intelligent people have a hard time coming to Christ. Not that, you know, it's those those people that are extremely scientific, ex- and, and, you know, they, they don't have, they, they're not social at all, and they have these very analytical minds. They just, they, they can't give it up. They just can't give it up.
2: And if you battle the enemy at all, like I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll get you into your imagination. Mm-hmm. You go from simple faith to he's got you in this game, yeah. where you, you, you're analyzing everything over and, and over. it's very hard to get out of that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. Well, let's look at number three. There is your Christian worldview more valid or less valid than that of someone who grew up in another part of the world, and why?
6: To to I put
1: um, I my well I thought it was a weird question so I my answer was I think that neither is more valid than the other I said that they just have they both have different constructs that they're 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 just they have different sets of circumstances around them but I don't think that one is more valid than the other just because they grew up in a different part of the world but maybe I wasn't getting the essence of the question but that was my answer I can see
2: you did put forty five minutes into that one. No, I was like, I, don't I was like, I don't, I, was like I, don't, I don't understand this question, but
1: I don't see how one is more valid than the other. No, that's that really was good. more like a forty-five second answer.
0: That's really good.
1: Yeah, not a forty-five minute one. And anyone else have anyone di-
0: different? Sorry, here. No,
1: no, I, no, really, it I'm didn't. I didn't understand. The, no, I didn't get the question. I was like, okay, well,
2: I don't think so.
0: The way I came with the answer to this question, and I'm thinking it says that is your Christian worldview more valid or less valid than that of someone who grew up in another part of the world and when I think of another part of the world, I was thinking more or less of the worldviews of the other part of the world, not maybe if you would the Christian world the, the Christian view or the biblical view I mean though it should be the same, there are some differences. Um, And how one may practice their faith or whatever compared to the Western Church and the Eastern Church. Right, they're
1: just different constructs. But
0: but if I looked at it as a different worldview from the biblical view, um, and I looked at the biblical view, then I would think the the biblical view is more valid um, because it is based on truth, not man's truth, but God's word. And so, when you think of the biblical worldview, um, that's what it all comes down to. Is we're not saying that this is man's truth, you know. This is God's truth, you know, and that it's based on 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 God, and it's not based on the principles that man has designed. Though, yet people say, "But didn't man write the Bible?" You know, didn't men do this? And didn't men do that? But I always go back to Paul. I love it when Paul says, the gospel that I preach, man didn't teach it to me. That's always stuck out ever since I heard and read that verse years ago. He says, God was pleased to reveal it to me through His Son Jesus. And that's a powerful declaration. I don't believe because man taught it to me. Yeah. No, I believe because God was pleased to reveal himself to me through his son Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. So You know another thing
2: about that, the country we grew up in, mm-hmm. we grew up in this country, yeah. we had an advantage. Mm-hmm. We could have been born a Hindu, and it would have been a lot tougher to get to where we are, but this country was founded for religious freedom. People Mm -hmm. were being oppressed in Europe, they came over here, so in a way we had an advantage because we were always, there was always some mention of God in this country. Yeah.
0: And the sad thing is, if you think about that, how the country was founded and the scene where we're at today, and I think you and I were talking about this. Um, to think that there is a generation that's being raised up in America that has never heard of the name of Jesus, has no concept of faith in Christ or church or anything, but to think that we have a generation being raised up within our own nation that has never, ever heard of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Wow. Fascinating wow, how far we've come. You know? So what measure would you use to determine whether or not someone else's worldview is true? I
6: think you have to use the word God. I
1: put the scripture.
0: Amen. When we make a stand for what we believe to be the truth, how can we do so without coming across as arrogant? Well, I think...
3: Galatians said, um, in Galatians 5, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So, and even in Corinthians, you can have, you know, you can speak in tongues, you can do all these things, but if you don't have love, you're just a clinging symbol. So I think that that is fundamental.
2: Mm-hmm. And do it in love, Yeah.
1: And not reacting in the flesh. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to come across in love, not reacting in the flesh. And also, when you're when you're dealing with somebody, and that's it's been shared here many times. Always have to deal with him in the boundaries of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, if the Holy Spirit says stop, or no, or don't go there, then you have to be quick to, to know the boundaries that the Holy Spirit is setting.
6: Definitely. I, I will never. Never ever forget the day that we were in Los Angeles with the two weeks. It was two weeks it was there, right? But then yeah. the mission trip. Yeah. yeah. And when we went to the session where it was the homeless, mm-hmm. um, I remember I was with event. and I got to this lady, homeless lady, and, and, and I was ready to preach. Say, talk about Jesus. And she said, I don't want to know anything about him. Mm-hmm. All I want is a heart. You know and, and, and I say, oh yeah sure So I give it a hug and, and but I give it with all my heart you know I like you know I, I you know it's okay you know and <clears throat> for me that's what she needed at that moment that she said I don't want know anything about him but give me a hug mm-hmm. and I think she did it probably on purpose just to see if or I was gonna show my life exactly yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I think that for me means you know that to me because sometimes the other person, the only one is just a hug or, or, or something to eat or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just like...
1: It's a tangible expression. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes
6: that's all they need. You know what Who I'm saying? God will, that's the little seed that I planted in there. You know? And she mm-hmm. knew already that I was a Christian yeah. sharing the gospel. But all she wanted at that moment or what she needed at that moment was a, a hug. And I'm like, wow, man. That was so amazing that God it was like speaking to my heart, like, and just do what I would do.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, discernment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know,
6: I, I I I'm not gonna argue with her, <clears throat> like, you know you yeah. know, and that's for me which is like, "Wow, that was so beautiful." Yeah.
0: And again, Jesus is our example. I mean, we have to see how He related to people, <clears throat> yeah. and again, out of yeah. love yeah. that He first loved us, you know. And then we learn to love without expectations. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So many times we go out and we have these expectations. And as long as they're met, then okay. But you know what? People are people are going to spit on you. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, <clears throat> offended. People are going to be whatever. But yeah, there's I also going to be those who are going to genuinely receive and their lives would be, you know, given to Christ and, and changed, you know. And again, again goes to loving and, and b- building relationships, creating that place, if you would, of, of safety. Yeah. You know, like there's multiple times you know that, that I've counseled people that have been. I mean, some deep, deep, deep rooted issues. Some come to Christ, some haven't. But one thing that they've always been able to receive is either a hug. You know. Or reach out and 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 hold the hands, you know. Or, you know, just grateful to be able just to finally get it out of them. And be able just to be able to share it. And that they've held it in for so long. You know, I always think about this one lady that I was able to sit down with. And she was so angry at the church. And I represented the church to her. And she was angry at pastors, at the church out of everything, but yet she was open after having different encounters with me to be able to sit down and speak with her, and she was dealing with um, sexual identity she truly believed that she was a man you know, and we were able to sit down there and I was able to hear her her hatred for everything you know, but as she was speaking, I'll never forget and in the in, in just the transition of it all her countenance began to soften. I'm listening. I didn't interrupt.
3: <laughs>
0: just listen. Sometimes, like you were saying, the Holy Spirit will give you the discernment on on when to speak, when not to speak. Just listen. Just you know, don't react. You know, I I wasn't offended by the language and the, how colorful she was with her descriptions. You know. Listening to her pain and her hurt But by the time she was finished Our hands were like this On the table I don't know when it happened during our conversation But she was so angry But I remember when she finished like Everything was just silent And when I looked down Both of our hands I was holding her hand Somehow in the midst of it She must have grabbed my hand because I don't remember, I don't remember grabbing hers. Something took place where our hands were united, and all I can do is look down and go, "Look at this." I said, "You realize I'm a Christian, right?" She just looked at me. She squeezed him and tied her. She was like, "Yes." And I said, "Well, I've sat here and I've listened to you. Would you give me the opportunity to share with you?" Mm. Yes such a beautiful conversation I still pray for her to this day Mm. you know I still pray that that seed was planted you know but I thought how beautiful you know Mm. that she was able to have a Christian Mm. sit down and listen Mm -hmm. instead of beating her up condemning her you know, I was really, like, and y'all know me, I didn't hold back as I was sharing with her. We talked about eternity. We talked about, you know, and I gave her the opportunity. Would you like, and she was like, no, I, I'm not ready for that. And I respect that. Yeah, I'm not going to hold back truth from people, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to force people to pray a prayer. Yeah. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It never has. Yes. You know, I had to respect right where she was at. That I offered, you know. But that's what I'm saying, y'all. To be able to get out there and just build relationships. That's where it starts. That's where it starts.
1: Well, I think the last question, I think that's what you're going to read. You just answered it. Because it says, how Mm -hmm. can you disagree with someone's beliefs and actions without rejecting him or her as a person? And I put similar to above, always respectful, loving, and kind. Everything that you just said is how you do it. You're respectful, you're loving, and you're kind. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't. You're not gonna go and talk about their mom and mom, or scream and yell. I, you know, I can't stand it when you see stuff on the news and you've got people calling themselves Christians screaming in the face of someone else. Because what good is that done? And what Mm -hmm. what witness does that give? It just stirs up brouhaha and brings media attention that instead of making his name famous, it it. It, what negative negative exactly it defames his name yeah. so if you respond in loving and just be kind and just respectful just respect mm-hmm. you know and then you'd be like okay just i'm not i'm not going to go there with you you mm-hmm. know and and don't don't lose don't bring chaos yeah. into the
2: situation yeah. you know they're and look for the action of the spirit yeah, yes. exactly
1: yeah. the holy spirit isn't going to be like oh go ahead and have a brawl Not
0: going to happen. i shared with y'all this before but when you brought that up it reminded me when I did the outreach at the Olympics in Salt Lake. Yeah. um, Our group and we were walking through this. I think it was our first night there. And we were walking through and we were heading to the huge temple. The Mormon temple. And it was chaos. Like that that trip really at the beginning of that trip messed me up. Like I just wanted to come home. Like God I'm not ready for this. This is I don't even know if I, if I was in America anymore. Mm. At first it was intense, it was right after 9-11. So the city was on lockdown, it was a military city. And then secondly, the 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 spiritual realm was intense. Um, but then you would have these Christians, and I may use that term loosely, with bullhorns, and as Mormons were walking on the street, they were getting in their faces. Oh what boy. What was it was a nightmare of a mess. And I'm thinking, and how on earth are we going to come in? Because that's not what our motives were to do, you know. But this is what we, we, we were having an opposition with other Christian groups that were there. Well, anyways, as we're heading to the temple, as people were exiting, because of course the city was packed full of people. During the Olympics you had a lot of visitors At the Mormon temple So as visitors are coming out of the Mormon temple You have all these Sections of Christians Who were there Ready to pounce on them
1: Because that's going to help
0: And before you knew it The Christians turned on each other And began to fist fight It was wow. a big brawl that took wow. place Between the Christians Satan's a field. Man. Oh you know it Yeah I remember hitting my knees and just began... Because I was across the street of this thing. Because I was looking over there going, I can't believe what This is escalating. And I'm looking at the few people I'm with. I'm like, you know, we need to back away because this is getting intense. And they're about to turn on each other. And sure enough, they did. And I remember all those people standing there and looking. And as I was watching their faces, I remember just hitting my knees just sad. And I just began to weep. And I, you know... The next day is when I prayed, and said, God, you know, what am I What am I doing here? You know, I'm not quite sure why we're here, because uh, this is chaos. But I remember seeing that one young lady coming down the street with her little suitcase. And I just felt the Holy Spirit impressing me go to her. And so I went down the hill to her, and I met her right where she was at. And I asked her, I was like, where are you heading? And she began just to open up. And she began to say, well, you know, she has questions about her faith. And so whenever a woman questions their faith, it's it's not it's not accepted. And if you keep questioning, they put you out. And that's basically what she did. Her, her family basically just you know, yeah, put her out. And um, so we began to talk, and I ended up connecting her with the pastor's wife of the church that we were staying at. But I remember that after that encounter, I remember going back in prayer and realizing, ah, oh, this is it. And I went back to the group and began to talk and I, and we all agreed that you know what let's just get out there and just connect with people. Just build relationships. You know, get out there and sit in the little coffee areas, get out there on the streets and and trade your pins and just begin to have conversations and hand them some of the material that we had if they wanted to discuss it. And when we shifted um understanding why we were there God just began to do incredible things there but somehow we can get so caught up with everything that's going on and really lose sight of the fact of connecting with people Mm -hmm. but we don't have to be out there beating people over the heads and screaming at them and being angry with them because that's just they're lost Mm -hmm.
5: they're
0: lost and we should have a compassion as Jesus has mm-hmm. to be able to present truth. And we know if they hated him, they're going to hate us. Mm-hmm. But we also know the word of God is that sometimes we'll plant the seed, sometimes we'll be used to water it, sometimes we'll be used to harvest it. Mm-hmm. And we just got to trust God. Because ultimately, it's his work. You got
2: to remember where the hatred comes from. It's, oh, not, yeah. it's not them. Oh, yeah. No. Their it's, eyes it's are like
0: father of darkness yeah the lies no definitely i want to close with reading romans 12 and then we're wrapping up but as y'all are turning there let me read the suggestion for quiet time this week ask the holy spirit to guide you into all truth and reveal to your mind the lies you have believed about the world in which we live and then the big question for next week is before the next session consider the following question Paul teaches that if believers live by the Spirit, they will not carry out the desires of the flesh. See Galatians 5:16. And then how do believers live by the Spirit? And that's our next topic.' living by the Spirit. But Romans 12. and so, my de- and so dear brothers and sisters. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, love that. You will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we are belo- and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, Be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility serious. And if you have a gift for sowing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. Revenge! I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will reap burning holes of shame on their heads. And lastly, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil. I love this. By doing good. Wow. And that kind of ties into Sunday. I'm going to open up talking about finishing... Our why and talking about love. And how love is our greatest weapon. I'm going to close with this last song. Let me stop this. And then Gilda would you close us in prayer?